Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a great message from one of our guest speakers. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. How many people believe in God for a great 2014? You know, I'll tell you something like this right now. This is my revelation. And while Pastor uh, uh, Phil and Julia are out of town, a bit of heresy, we'll get a bit of heresy in the pulpit tonight. Right now, it's coming your way. Now, and I've got a revelation. Now, this is, and it's going to sound weird, but don't worry, it'll all, it'll all come good. And, um, and that is this. God does not have a plan for your life. How about that now? Okay, you ready with this? Now, that's shocking. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. God doesn't have a plan for your life. Turn to your neighbor. Now, okay, now just humor me. Humor me. Turn to your neighbor and say, God does not have a plan for your life. Just go and humor me. Humor me. Okay. Okay, now, okay, this is drivel, of course. But actually, it's true. And, uh, you know, this is what Jeremiah 29, 11 says. And just say this word after I say, for I know the, oh, what is it? It's not a plan, it's, I know the plans, plural, I have for you, says God. What's the next word? Plans, plans. God doesn't have a plan. He's got plans to prosper you. And not to harm you. Next word. Plans to give you a future and a hope. God doesn't have a plan for your life. Because the life that God has for you in 2014 and beyond is beyond a simple plan. I built, got a house built one time. Big, you know, McMansion and Warrywood, you know, the usual stuff. And well, I had a look at the, I didn't get a plan of it. I got plans. There were plans for the roof. There were plans for the electrical work. There were plans for the plumbing. There was plans for the foundation, plans for the walls, plans for the roof, plans for all sorts of stuff, plans. When you're building something big, a plan won't do. God says, listen, I've got plans for you, plans for your spiritual world. Plans for your physical world. If you're struggling physically, maybe you've been ill. But God's got plans for every area of your life, for your relational world. God's got, come on, that's right. We're going to have a Lonely Hearts Club altar at the end. The D&D, the desperate and dateless. And I can see a few people around here tonight. Amen, I'll be responding. And you know what? But God's got plans for our relationships. God's, hey, how many people thank God he's got plans for their finances? How many people got that? How many people believe that God's got a plan that they're going to own their own home freehold? How about that? That God's going to have, you're going to have an abundance so that you haven't just got, oh, 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 you know, God doesn't give you your, your greeds. He only gives you your needs. What mindless drivel. If you've only got enough for you, then how are you going to help the poor? If you've only got enough for you, how are you going to build the kingdom of God? If you've only got enough for you, I mean, it's, it's ludicrous. God wants you to have an abundance, spiritually, financially, relationally, in every single aspect of your life. God wants, God's got plans for you. 
And here's the thing. The problem is this. The problem is this. We go, okay, we're going into 2014, and it's all good, but we're, we're struggling a little bit, and, and oh, you know, it's all a bit tough. And No, no, hey, listen. You know, what's the theme for this month? It's awakening. Come, give me some sugar. Come on. Pastors need love too. I want you to give me some feedback. So, you know what? It's all about awakening. And sometimes, you know, we, we cruise through life, and, and, and we used to be out on the field, we used to be playing, we used to be participants, but now we're spectators. And I really believe in 2014, there's people in this auditorium tonight who need to get back in the game. And uh, so you need to be woken up. In fact, the book of Joel, in Joel chapter 3, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, the book of Joel, Joel chapter 3 and verse 9 says this, and it says this in the New King James Version, proclaim this among the nations, Prepare for, for war. Wake up the mighty men. In fact, can you get verse 10 ready to go in a minute? Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of God draw near. Let them, let them come up. Now listen, if people, if the mighty men need to be woken up, what does that mean? They're asleep. Men can sleep and miss great opportunities and all the single girls said, okay, there you go. But listen, wake up the mighty men. We need an awakening in the church, in the house of God. Then we'll look in the next verse in the book of Joel. It says this, beat your plowshares into swords, your pruning hooks into spears. What does it say? Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the spectators say, I'm a participant. Let the guy sitting on the side of the road, watching things go by, watching life's life go by, may he be able to get up get in the game, and in every area of his life, be the person that God called him to be in 2014 and beyond. Can we give God a big hand tonight? Come on. Book of Genesis. Book of Genesis. Genesis 1, 20, 26. God's thinking about creating something fantastic. Not just something, someone fantastic. Genesis chapter 1, 26, if we can toss it up, then God said, he's created the plants, he's created the animals, he's created the planets, he's created the sun, he's created the moon, he's created the universe. But he said, now wait a minute, there's something more that I want to create. There's something that I'm going to top it off with. It's going to be the cherry on the Sunday. It's going to be the best of the best, the creme de la creme. I'm going to create, look what it says, let us make mankind in our image. I want you to know tonight, you're made in the image of God. You're not designed for a small life. You see, because God is a big God. Is that right? God is a big God and he's looking for big people. You might say, I'm not there yet. Like the kids in the car, everybody, anybody taking kids on a holiday? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? We... Hey, listen, we're not there yet. But I want you to start tonight to go on a journey with God a journey into greatness, a journey into being the person that God has called you to be and doing the things that God has called you to do. If we could just toss that scripture up again, please. Genesis chapter 1, 28. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, so, so they may rule. Everybody say rule. God wants you to be somebody who's ruling, ruling in your life. Rule, you're on top and not the bottom. You're the head and not the tail. That's just the way it is. Book of Proverbs, though, says the first thing you've got to rule, it says, 
He who rules his spirit is better than he who takes a city. We've got lots of so-called great people. They're great in politics. They're great in finance. They're great in sport. But you know what? They can rule all, everything that's on the outside, but they can't rule what's on the inside. God wants us to begin to rule what's on the inside. And after we've ruled what's on the inside of us, as we rule our own spirit, then we can start to take control over the world around about us and do what God has called us to do only after we're being the person that God's called us to be. So tonight we need to, an awakening. Everybody say awakening. Everybody say awakening. Come on, we're going to wake up the mighty men tonight. It's going to get exciting. And the mighty women of God. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 10. And of course, Mark, the Gospel of Mark is the action gospel. My name's Mark Saundercock, so it's action tonight. I want you to get excited tonight. Okay, here we go. Mark 10, 46. And uh, great passage of Scripture. One of the great stories in the Bible. Blind Bartimaeus. Here he comes. Blind Bartimaeus was a guy. And, and we, in fact, we're just, I'm just going to read this through. And as we read it through, let's just pull some points out and apply them to ourselves and see change come about in our lives and an awakening occur in our lives. Here we go. Mark 10, 46. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. I know this will shock you. All you people in 2014 in Australia, this great nation of ours, and we've got a welfare system, so the poor, and so the starving, and people don't starve to death, and so that people who are disabled are looked after by our community and our government. That's awesome. This will shock you tonight. It wasn't always the case in human history. Back here in the time of Jesus, you know, in the nation of Israel, they didn't have a government handout. They didn't have a disability pension. They didn't even have Braille Week. They didn't even have Guide Dogs Week, give generously or whatever. If you had the misfortune to be born blind or if there was an accident uh, you, and, and you ended up somehow blind, uh, that was it. You know, if you didn't have a wealthy family, then uh, you, you had to beg for the rest of your life. That was it. That was your lot in life. And so Bartimaeus here, at the low end of society, marginalized with nothing. I don't know if you've ever been to the third world. I, I uh, take teams over to the nation of Fiji and we build houses for the poor over there and people live in absolute squalor. And that's just three and a half hours flight north of here. You know, you think it's a paradise. You go into the villages, people living in poverty, people living in squalor, so we build houses for the poor. But uh, this guy, you know, homeless, maybe he had a little shack down the road where he used to live, had, enough, had no, virtually no clothes, all he owned was a little copper bowl maybe, and he had, and he, or a little you know, pottery bowl, and hopefully he'd be sitting at the side of the road, and when he heard people going past, he'd, he'd cry out and beg people for money, and as he begged, hopefully people would toss a few coins in. Hopefully, 
they'd get it in the bowl because it'd be a bit tough if you were blind. Well, where's that money gone? Gee, that'd be a bit rough. You know, and he, maybe there was a, you know, he's on, the, he's on the road from Jericho to Jerusalem. It's a major thoroughfare. People are going past all the time. He gets out there. He feels his way there. And he suddenly, had, maybe he's got a white cane or something. And he, he's got his beggar's cloak around him. That signifies, hey, there's a beggar here. And if you're feeling generous, you know, he's got his beggar. That's a symbol of where he's at and his station in life. And probably the most... The most expensive thing he's wearing, the thing that keeps him warm and clothed, and he's got that wrapped around him. He's got his little bowl. That's it for life for him. It's all over. You can plot this guy's life. He's got a few more years left. He's going to die. That's it. He's done. But you know what? Here we go. You might be looking sitting here tonight. Well, this is it. This is my life. This is my lot. And, uh, you know, nothing's going to change. Well, I'll tell you what, it's going to change. Because for Bartimaeus, something was going to change. Something was going to shift. A miracle was going to happen in Bartimaeus' life. You know why? Because Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the King of kings and Lord of lords, was passing by there that day. And so, come on, guys, and I want you to know this. The Bible says that Jesus Christ, where two or more gathered, there he is in the midst. I want you to know this. Hey, guys, look at me tonight. We're not just going through the motions tonight and looking and wondering what the score on the cricket is. I wonder what the score on the cricket. I better get home. Better knock off. Hope he doesn't preach too long because I want to get back. Listen, God gave you a DVD player. You can record it yourself and watch it later. Hey, you've got an opportunity tonight to have an encounter with God. Tonight, God can change. God can shift your situation because Jesus is here. Not because I'm here or because Garth's here or anybody else is here, but because of Jesus. Jesus is here. It's, it's almost exciting. Almost. Almost. Is it? Okay, it's almost. Okay, here we go. And then what it says here, he's sitting by the roadside begging, you know, he's under the tree, palm tree, and he's got his little, you know, bowl, and he's got his cloak and begging, you know, he doesn't even have a pair of sunglasses, you know, his eyeballs are rolling around his head, things aren't looking good. Things, are, things might not look, be looking good for you tonight, but guess what? Jesus is coming. Jesus, and you know what? Things are going to change, things are going to shift. Anyway, verse 47, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he heard, he heard, he heard something. Now listen, when you, I know this because I saw the movie Daredevil. Anybody's seen that flick and he's a blind guy. And when you're blind, all your other, you know, you have five senses and your other four senses increase to compensate for the loss of that one sense. So his sense of smell, it's pretty good. Mm, I can smell that Indian curry place. Mmm, very good, just down the road. Bit of Rogan Josh could be on the menu tonight. Oh, that, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can, I, you know, he, he can, and he can touch things and he can feel things and, 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 and his sense of taste. Mm, yeah, 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 okay, it's good. But also his sense of hearing's gone up. And he's sitting on the side and, you know, money for a blind man, money for a blind man, money, come on, give me some money, give me some money. And then suddenly, wait a minute, he's sitting there, sitting there, and people are walking past and he hears Jesus. What, what was that? What was that? Jesus is, coming, Jesus is coming past him. Here it comes down. And he hears. He hears. It's Jesus. And he goes, Jesus. What's the story? Jesus, I've heard about this. He's sitting on his palm tree going, begging. And he goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute, I've heard about this guy, Jesus. I've heard. I've heard that Jesus is coming. And I've heard that in the past, isn't he the guy who, who walked on water? Isn't he the guy who multiplied the loaves and fishes? Isn't he who turned the water into wine? Didn't he raise a dead guy recently? A guy called Lazarus? What, hang on, and wait a minute. Wasn't there a guy who, who's blind? And, and he came up to Jesus, and, and Jesus got, got some dirt, 
and he and he spat in it and he got it and he and he and he got it in the guy's face and he, and he, and he, and the guy, wait a minute and the guy got healed wait a minute see you know what the bible says romans 10 17 romans 10 17 says this faith comes by hearing faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god and he gets excited he goes wait a minute whoa i could something could happen in my life but a faith oh oh Jesus said, hey, if you've got faith, it's just a little, as big as a mustard seed. Things can happen. You can do a miracle. Nothing will be impossible to you. And he starts to get excited. He goes, Jesus is coming past. A little bit of faith. Come on, I want you to get a bit of faith. Don't you think, oh, you know, he's a bit wacky and he's just revving. No, 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 no. I'm preaching the word of God to you tonight. All we need is a little bit of faith to get the job done. And he starts to get excited. He goes, I could get healed right now. My life can change right now. A miracle could happen in my life right now and he starts to get excited and he and he and what does he do is in response he see he begins to cry out jesus he, he he when he heard it was jesus of nazareth he began to shout he didn't wasn't polite he wasn't nice i'll tell you what he was desperate he was desperate he was passionate someone's some people here tonight your shouts been taken out of you the passion in your voice Jabez, the Bible says, he said, oh, that you would bless me. Oh, that you would prosper me and keep me free from pain and increase me. Oh, God. And that oh, his first word, the prayer of Jabez was oh. There was a grunt. It was coming from a spirit, from his innermost man. Oh, it was, it was like he's birthing something. It's like my wife. She gave birth to our, our third child, Gosford Hospital. And I was sitting down the corridor. I was watching television. And my friend ran in and said, Kerry's having the baby. And I said, but it's the Avengers. It's a classic show. They get down. I rushed down the corridor. And she's standing. You see, she'd been lying on the bed. And she wanted to go and have the baby on like one of those big balls that you sit on and, and have the baby. But she, she, she got half, oh, so the baby's coming. And she got halfway there. And oh, oh, and she grabbed the end of the bed. True. This is true. This is not now. No, this is not. It's not Pastor Phil preaching. This is a true story, not a sermon illustration. This is a true story tonight. I'm sharing my heart with you. And he, she grabbed the bed and she, oh! And I rushed in and I said, darling, you're deformed. There's something weird happening here because the baby was coming out and she's there. She's holding on to the, the end of the bed. And like Jabez, she's not going, oh. Oh, and like Bartimaeus, she's not going, Jesus. Ah, no, she's desperate. Oh, she's birthing something. She's getting a load off. Oh, yeah. No. Oh. Hey, listen, guys, get desperate tonight. How badly do you want it? How badly do you want to change? How badly do you want a miracle? How badly? Anybody put any goals down for 2014? Anybody? Or is it just me? How badly do you want them to happen? And he cried out, Jesus, it wasn't polite. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And of course, everybody around about him, they just said, oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, it's all good and wonderful. Call upon God. Is that what people are saying? No. Look what it says here. Verse 40, 48, many rebuked him. Not just one or two, many people. 
the crowd. And these were the religious crowd. They were walking in front of Jesus and they were the, the deacons, you know. Be quiet. Really. Should I do that in church? Be quiet, mate. Or, or you're out of here. You know, I'm doing that all the time. But this guy they said, be quiet. Be quiet. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Listen, don't let somebody else stand between you and a miracle. Don't go, oh, somebody in church upset me. And oh, woe is me, and now I can't get the miracle I wanted because somebody told me, no, 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 no. I mean, I've got a, a, a friend, a, a relative of mine, and, and one of his relatives by marriage, as a 17-year-old girl was driving, and uh, she's actually got five kids, this, this woman now. But as a 17-year-old, she was taking a driving lesson from her uncle and did something wrong, and her uncle shouted at her, Mom! And since then, she got so upset, she never got a driver's license. And here she is, well into her late 30s, with five kids, can't drive. Because someone upset her. Guys, listen. Here comes Proverbs 32, verse 1. Therefore, take a teaspoon of cement and harden up. Take a teaspoon. You know what? You want something from God. You want to be the person God's called you to be. Not everybody's going to like it. Your family might not like it. Your workmates not, might not like it. The people at school might not like it. Your parents might not like it. I mean, my, when I got saved, my dad said to me, a little bit of religion's good, son. Just don't go overboard. That's what he said. That's what he said to me. But I decided, you're either in or you're out. You're either going to make a commitment and follow through and give it a hundred percent, or don't bother. In fact, Jesus said, "Oh, that you're hot or cold, because if you're lukewarm, you make me sick." So listen, listen. I reckon we need to get get down with it. Get down with it. Get a hold of God, like Jacob. He grabbed the angel of God, God Himself, and wrestled with him. And God said, "Look, I've got to get going at sunrise." He said, "I will not let you go until you bless me." And he got his, his identity was shifted. He was awakened. He was changed from Jacob, which means, a, you know, a, 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 a twister and usurper and cheat, to being Israel, which means a prince who overcomes with God. Hey, God's looking for overcomers. But you're going to have to overcome some stuff. You're going to have to. And so people are putting him down. Be quiet, be quiet. You know what? But he, and then he sat down and he put his cloak around him and he said... Oh, I suppose I'm always going to be like this and I'm never going to change. And he got his bowl out and he rattled his few copper coins under his palm tree and he said, money for a blind man. <laughs> no, did he do that? No, the Bible says this, he, he cried out all the more. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And you might have thought, oh, well, why not, why not do it tomorrow? Why not do it next week? Bartimaeus, why are you insisting that it happens now? Why not wait till tomorrow? I'll tell you why. It's just as well he didn't because Jesus was going from Jericho to Jerusalem to go and die on the cross for the sins of the world. He was never coming back that way ever again. 
Bartimaeus didn't realize it, but this was the only opportunity he was ever going to have for Jesus to touch his life and transform him. Just as well he grabbed him. And Jesus is on his way, and, uh, and, and he's going from Jericho to Jerusalem. He's going to die for the sins of the world, and he, and he, and he knew in his heart of hearts, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm the Lamb of God. Nothing's going to stop me. The Pharisees aren't going to stop me. The Sadducees aren't going to stop me. The Romans aren't going to stop me. The Zealots, nothing is going to stop me. This is why I was born. All the fate of billions and billions of people throughout human history is resting on me. Get into Jerusalem. Nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going to stop me. But one man's calling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible says this in the next verse. Jesus stopped. Jesus And when Jesus stopped, the whole redemptive plan of God for mankind was put on hold for 10 minutes while Jesus went to one person and met him at the point of his need and transformed his world and awakened him and lifted him up so he could be the person that God had always called him to be. And do what God had always called him to do. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man. Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside. The symbol of who he was. His identity as a beggar. As a spectator. As a loser. As a marginalized, the lowest common denominator of down the bottom of the pile, the beggar, the disabled person. He threw that cloak aside and he said, I'm never going to need that again. Because I'm going to Jesus, I'm going to be made whole. I'm going to see. And he, and he threw the cloak aside. He jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. And there he is. I can see him feeling his way through the crowd, getting there, getting there, getting there. Suddenly, he arrives. And Jesus said this to him. What do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus said, I've got a zit on my nose that needs squeezing. What do you think I need doing? He said, are you blind too, Jesus? I thought it would be obvious. I mean, his eyes are rolling around in his head. He's, got, you know, he's feeling his way. I would have thought, and you know, guess what? God knows exactly what you need tonight. God, Jesus knows exactly the, the cry of your heart. In fact, he knows above and beyond. You don't even know what you really want. And God really knows what you really, really, really. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. I've got to tell you. I gotta, oh, yeah. Yeah. God knows. But listen, listen. You know Because God's omniscient, he knows everything. There's only one other person who knows everything in this life. That is my wife. She knows everything. (laughs) But apart from her, God is omniscient. He knows everything, but he still wants you to say, this is what I want. You've got to go to God. You've got to tell him what he already knows. And so... 
He goes to Jesus. Rabbi, I want to see. I want to see. And then Jesus did a miracle. Jesus awakened that man and took him from where he was to where he always wanted to be. He took him from the outhouse to the penthouse, from being a feather duster to a rooster, from the slave ship to the championship. Glory to God. He changed his life. And he said this, Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately received a sight, and then wait for it, this will shock you. He disobeyed Jesus. Because Jesus said, go. But Bartimaeus said, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going back to my old life. I'm not going back to my town. I'm not going back. I'm not going to do my own thing. If it's good enough for Jesus to ask, what do you want me to do for you? Then I'm going to ask Jesus, Jesus, what do you want me to do for you? John F. Kennedy in his Inauguration speech as President of the United States says, don't ask what your country can do for you. Rather ask, what can you do for your country? By the way, when Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Now here's, I just, I'm really, I'm gonna nail, I want to nail this tonight. I don't know your background. He did it, this is what he didn't say to Bartimaeus. He said, what do you want me to do? He, what he didn't say is just as important. He didn't say, how does it feel to be poor? How does it feel to be blind? How does it feel to be ignored? How does it feel to be bypassed? He didn't engage his past. He pointed him to his future. What, what do you want me to do for you? Oh, yeah, but you don't understand all the hurt I've had. No, no, listen. Get over it. Build a bridge and get over it. Get out of the victim's chair and say, you know what? Don't let your past dictate your future to you. But rather let God's will and your desire to point you into the bright and prosperous and successful future that God has for you. And Bartimaeus said, I'm not going. I'm coming. And he followed Jesus down the road. Followed Jesus. What was Bartimaeus' future, I wonder? Maybe he was one of the ones standing at the foot of the cross when Jesus said, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Maybe he was one of the 120 in the upper room on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and filled them with the Holy Ghost and they all went out prophesying and preached and 3,000 people got saved. Maybe he was one of the ones who when they hit town, people said, here are those who've turned the world upside down. Maybe he's right now one of the great cloud of witnesses in Hebrews 12 
who's looking down on you guys and saying, guys, you can do what I did. You can be awakened. You can be the person that you always wanted to be. Your life can be shifted. You can have a miracle in your world. And you can do what you'd always wanted to do. If only you'll just get a hold of God tonight. Allow the awakening power of God to come into your spirit. Step out of the hurt, the rejection, the failures, and step into the new plans that God has for your life. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer tonight. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Faith to live like Christ. Oh.